coaching can help you gain deeper understanding of challenges that may be holding you back. You may not realize that there are others who may be successful and operating successful businesses who share some of the same challenges that you are facing. Welcome to Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. Our program will look into the individuals and their challenges and show how the coaching process may be what they need to find the root causes of these challenges within themselves and learn to work through these challenges in order to find success. Now, here's your host, Ronald Graves. Hello, and welcome to Coaching for Real, brought to you by Poema Leadership Institute, the show that brings you real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. Again, I'm your host, Ronald Graves, and this show is about you. Coaching for Real is on the Voice America Business Channel to help you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness. To preface today's program, I want to do something I've done on a couple of recent shows. So let's take a short trip back in time to March 9, 1972, the day that NASA launched Pioneer 10 from Cape Canaveral, Florida. The primary mission of this satellite was to reach Jupiter, photograph the planet and its moons, take measurements, and send data back to Earth. This was a very aggressive undertaking for that time, as no spacecraft had ever ventured beyond the planet Mars. But Pioneer 10 didn't know that. This mission would require some incredible leadership. For eight months, between July 15, 1972, and February 15, 1973, Pioneer 10 became the first spacecraft to transverse the asteroid belt. Nearly nine months later, on November 6, 1973, Pioneer 10 began photographing Jupiter from a distance of 25 million kilometers, or 16 million miles. Exactly four weeks later, the spacecraft reached its closest encounter with the planet, a mere 132,000 kilometers, or 82,000 miles. All in all, over 500 photographs were beamed back to Earth. But that was not all. As Pioneer 10 struggled to leave the massive planet, solar wind forced the vehicle to cross the bow shock of Jupiter's magnetosphere 17 times before finally escaping. Now that's persistence. Pioneer 10 then headed outward, crossing the orbit of Saturn in 1976 and Uranus in 1979. Then on June 13, 1983, 11 years after its launch, the vehicle crossed the orbit of Neptune, the outermost planet, becoming the first man-made object to travel beyond the major planets of the solar system. Pioneer 10 continued to send signals back to Earth until January 23, 2003, 30 years after its launch, when the final weak signal was received at a distance of 12 billion kilometers, 7.5 billion miles. It is estimated that today, Spacecraft is 10 billion miles from Earth, heading in the direction of the constellation Taurus. Pioneer 10 was designed to reach Jupiter, but there was a masterpiece within the spacecraft that was capable of greatness. A masterpiece assembled by more than capable hands under the direction of great leaders. So what about you? Have you reached your Jupiter, only to find that you've caught by the bow shock of the planet's magnetosphere, unable to escape? You see, it's important to understand that you were created to be great. But unlike Pioneer 10, which was created by great men and women, your greatness is unlimited because it comes from God. There is a masterpiece, a poema, 
within your DNA that is just waiting to be discovered. And that is precisely what coaching is all about. A coach enables you to develop a greater sense of self-awareness so you can see your challenges from an entirely new perspective and then draw upon your internal greatness to reach the next level. Now, today's show has a different theme than what we've been accustomed to. While most of our previous shows have centered on the subject of coaching, this show is all about leadership. If you are a business leader or an entrepreneur, this is definitely for you. I recently published a series of MP3 lessons entitled Luggets of Leadership. In the first volume, I have included seven lessons, which are referred to as nuggets, based on the book Leadership Gold, Lessons I've Learned from a Lifetime of Leading by, John, by Dr. John C. Maxwell, copyright 2008. I have taken material from the book and combined it with Dr. Maxwell's personal teachings, lessons from John Maxwell team Vice President Scott Fay, and personal stories from my leadership journey to produce the final product. Today, I would like to bring you three of these nuggets, beginning with nugget number two, the secret to effective meetings. Let's be completely honest here. How do you feel about meetings? If you're like most leaders, they're not your favorite thing. In fact, you would probably say that you attend too many meetings. How often are the meetings you conduct or the meetings you're invited to include action, progress, and results. I think most meetings probably start out with high expectations, but unfortunately end up being very disappointing. Now, there's a valuable secret in this nugget, a powerful tool for your leadership journey. The ability to conduct effective meetings is a critical element of your success as a leader. Several years ago, I started a new job and was invited to my first senior leadership meeting with the president of the company. Now, I'm a person who hates being late to appointments, whether business, family, church, or whatever. At my previous job, there were a couple of times when I showed up a few minutes late to a company meeting, but I always had a good reason, like an important phone call with a big client or some heavy traffic coming back to the office from an appointment. That was okay because people were allowed to show up late on occasion as long as they didn't make a habit of it. So prior to my first meeting with my new company, another senior leader gave me some good advice. He said, always arrive early. Okay, I can do that. In fact, I often arrive early to meetings. He went on to tell me the story that shortly after the president took over the company, he called his first senior team meeting. He showed up well in advance of the meeting, laid his notes out in front of him, gathered his thoughts, and prepared to welcome each member of his new team by name as they came through the door. A couple of minutes before the meeting was scheduled to start, one of the leaders walked in and received a warm welcome. As the clock ticked closer to the top of the hour, the two of them sat there in the room and talked. Several minutes later, the rest of the team, as the clock started getting to the appointed time, they were the still the same two people in the room. Nobody else had showed up. Several minutes later, the rest of the team started filing in one by one until the last team member arrived nearly 15 minutes late. These individuals had been used to coming to meetings when they came to a break in their work. This was the accepted norm because it demonstrated just how hard everyone was working and how busy they were. My new friend went on to tell me that the agenda of that meeting changed completely that day. The new president 
put his notes away, and the leadership team was the recipient of a strongly worded message that changed the way that each of them viewed meetings from that day forward. My friend then informed me that if I don't arrive at least five minutes early to every meeting, I'm considered late. Trust me, I was very grateful for this advice and have never forgotten it. Have you ever been in an important meeting that someone else was leading and all of a sudden you're hearing something pretty big for the very first time? This could be a town meeting, or an organizational meeting, a church meeting, or a company meeting. Your reaction was probably, where did that come from? Why are we hearing this just now? Now, you may only be an attendee, but you could be someone who is in the inner circle or a key influencer. You know that the leader is going to look to you for support, but you have no idea what you're supposed to support. On the flip side, have you ever been in the position of the leader introducing something new, and as you looked out over the audience, you saw that deer in the headlights look? If you're the deliverer of the message and they're hearing it for the first time, that's definitely not good. Most of us don't like to be surprised, except for maybe on our birthday. You don't want to have a meeting simply for the sake of having meetings, but there are times when you need to meet with your people. In those cases, the point of the meeting is to get something accomplished. In order to be a successful leader, you have to learn how to make your meetings effective. There are two main reasons that meetings fail. Either the leader doesn't have a clear agenda, or the other people in the meeting have their own agendas. Even worse, sometimes these are both at play in the same meeting. So how do you have successful meetings? The answer is to have the meeting before the meeting. This is not a redundant meeting with the same people you're going to go through with the meeting and meeting twice. The meeting before the meeting specifically takes place with key influencers. Figure out who the most important people are going to be for a given meeting and meet with them either individually or collectively beforehand to make sure that everyone is on the same page. So why have the meeting before the meeting? Well, number one, the meeting before the meeting helps you to receive buy-in. If you deliver surprising news to a group of people and the most vocal and most influential react negatively, then the entire group is likely to be negative. This can totally destroy your meeting and damage your leadership. Obtaining buy-in from those vocal and influential people ahead of time can prevent disaster. In John Maxwell's book, The 21 Laws of Irrefutable Leadership, the law of buy-in states that people buy into the leader and then the vision, not the other way around. The meeting before the official meeting will help you receive buy-in. This is a main point. When we introduce something new to the organization, we want people to embrace it. We don't want people rolling their eyes and simply going through the motions. We want them to buy in. The meeting before the meeting helps this to happen. Number two, the meeting before the meeting helps followers gain perspective. This is a powerful concept. When you gain perspective of your life, you literally map out your future. The meeting before the meeting helps you gain that perspective. As leaders, we're not only trying to help our followers see our perspective, but we're helping them get a perspective of where they fit in the frame. You see, people see things from their own perspective, not from anyone else's, including yours. 
What people see is determined by where they sit. For example, let's say you're looking at a team photo for the very first time. So what's the first thing you do? If you're like me, your eyes immediately scan the photo to find yourself and assess how good you look. Once you're satisfied that you look good, then you determine that it's a good group picture. If you don't look good, you conclude that picture needs to be retaken. The same is true when, as a leader, you cast vision. The first thing everyone considers is how this is going to affect them. They ask, what is this going to do? What does this imply? What will be required? And what's in it for me? As a leader, you need to help them see things as you do, which requires time and intentionality. Don't expect people to follow your suggestions just because you're the leader. So give influencers the right perspective before the meeting and they'll help you spread it to everyone else. The meeting before the meeting helps those influencers gain a dialogue, a perspective not from where you sit, but from where they sit. The purpose of the meeting before the meeting is not just to pound your view home, it's to help influencers gain a perspective from their point of view. What people see is determined by where they sit. Only after you help those key people see it from their point of view, can you ask them to come over to your seat and look at what you see. Number three, the meeting before the meeting helps increase your influence. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. You will increase your influence once you receive buy-in. If you help your followers gain a perspective, you'll gain influence. If the only time you spend with your people is in meetings and you're asking them to adopt your agenda, what's the message you're sending? They won't feel valued and you won't be able to build any kind of relationship with them. The goal is to give them time. You honor your people when you give them time. It shows respect and it tells them that they're important. Have the meeting before the meeting allows for that time, which will increase your influence. Number four, the meeting before the meeting helps you develop trust. One of your most difficult challenges as a leader is to be a change agent for the organization. Creating change requires trust from your people. People don't like change any more than they like surprises. Everyone wants to work at the speed of trust. This requires laying the groundwork and you must earn the right to speak the truth. When you take the time to gain buy-in and help followers gain a perspective, then you are beginning to develop authority, which is trust. It comes from who you are and where you've been, your follow through. This comes from being authentic. The meeting before the meeting is a perfect time to sharpen your message and your consistency. It can also be used to answer questions, to share your motives and to cover details that you might not otherwise want to discuss publicly. And most importantly, you can tailor the message to fit the people with whom you're communicating. And number five, the meeting before the meeting helps you avoid being blindsided. The first four steps are for your audience, but this step is for you. Have you ever led a meeting where someone from the audience stood up and said, are you aware? Or did you know that? All of a sudden you're hearing something as a leader in a public meeting for the first time. When the leader surprises the people, guess what? The people will eventually turn around and surprise the leader. If you have the discipline to have the meeting before the meeting with key influencers, there are things that can be said that will be a lot less damaging, 
a lot less political and a lot more informative. Despite having all the intangibles, such as morale, momentum, culture, etc., even the best leaders can miss something. Often during the meeting before the meeting, one of those influencers can give you some valuable insight that will help you avoid making a big leadership mistake. So if you're a leader who holds the meetings, here's some good advice. If you can't have the meeting before the meeting, don't have the meeting. If you do have the meeting before the meeting and it doesn't go well, don't have the meeting. If you have the meeting before the meeting and they suggest that the meeting won't go well, don't have the meeting. If you have the meeting before the meeting and it goes as good as you hoped, then have the meeting. Now, once you've made the decision to have the official meeting, it's important to keep it on track and produce and productive using the following three-step agenda. Number one, information items. Spend a few minutes communicating what has happened in the organization since the last official meeting. Number two, study items. This is the middle part of the agenda and includes issues that are to be discussed openly and honestly. However, there's no decision or no vote on these items at this time. At the end of the discussions, make a determination as to whether the items will be placed into the action items during the next meeting. And number three, action items. This is the final section. It contains items that require a decision or a vote. Only items that were study items during the previous meeting are eligible to be action items. If this process is done correctly, each meeting will be properly set up for the next meeting. So in conclusion, having good productive meetings is a matter of preparation and planning. The more you plan the meeting before the meeting, the less time you will have to spend doing damage control after the meeting. Good planning always costs less than good reacting. As a leader, you never have to recover from a good start. Okay, we're approaching our first commercial break. When we return, I will review nugget number seven. Leaders make mistakes. Make no mistake about it. By the way, if you would like me to send you the link to your free download for these nuggets, simply email me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com and type the word nuggets in the subject line. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, a design alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness, waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. Real estate has always been a great investment, but some people don't always know where they can start. Why not think like a real estate investor? Tune into Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel. 
It's not just about buying and selling houses. It's about creating lifestyles, financial freedom, and empowerment. We'll talk about the latest real estate news, financial literacy, and our featured guests include authors, entrepreneurs, and celebrities. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Central, and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to Ronald at RonaldGraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. Today, I'm introducing my newly released MP3 downloads entitled Nuggets of Leadership. In the prior segment, I introduced number nugget number two, the secret to effective meetings. In this segment, I will cover nugget number seven. Leaders make mistakes. Make no mistake about it. One of the biggest deceptions in life is assuming too much. We all fall into this trap. Before I became a student of John Maxwell, I was at the top of the list, head of the class, a straight A student. I assumed that I could be mistake free almost all of the time. And on those rare occasions when I did make a mistake, well, I could see to it that no one else would find out. As I was creating this nugget, I realized that this was a painful topic for me to talk about. You see, the longer you've been in leadership, the more mistakes you've made. And my list is long. Some of my biggest mistakes could have easily been avoided if I'd only taken a little time to think about the long-term effects of my decision rather than focusing on the immediate benefits. For those of you who are relatively new to your leadership journey, this is a crucial nugget. For those of you who are more experienced leaders, this lesson provides an opportunity for you to mentor those with less experience. So how do we protect ourselves? By embracing the truth contained within this nugget that your biggest mistake is not asking what mistake you're making. When you're young and idealistic, you're positive, aggressive, optimistic, and totally naive. You take for granted that everything is fine. You don't look for problems because you don't think you have any. The result, you get blindsided. And then you think to yourself, how could this happen? And for most of us, this has not just happened one time. What was the one mistake that led to these disappointments, these setbacks? The biggest mistake was not asking others what mistakes you're making. Failing to ask others what mistakes you're making can lead to some wrong assumptions, such as giving little thought to what might go wrong, assuming that the right way will always be mistake-free, not acknowledging that the mistakes you make to yourself and to others, 
not learning from your mistakes, and not helping others by teaching lessons learned from your mistakes. If you want attention, no problem. Just make a big mistake. You'll definitely get attention, but won't be the kind that you're looking for. I learned this fairly early in my leadership journey. I hired a lady, I'll call her Sandy, that's not her real name, to be second in command in a branch office that I was responsible for. A week before she was scheduled to start work, the branch manager resigned. So, I quickly concluded that the best way to solve this new challenge was to offer her the branch manager position. Her resume stated that she'd been a supervisor, so it seemed like a perfect plan. This way, Sandy could make more money and hire her own second-in-command. I used my best sales approach to convince her that this would be in her best interests. I essentially left her no option but to say yes. Sandy accepted the role and hired her number two. I'll call her Dawn. Things seemed to go pretty well for the first few months. Aha, problem solved. My plan was working. I didn't have to worry about this branch, manage, this branch office any longer or the branch manager. A few more months went by and a couple little issues popped up. I called Sandy and talked to her. Then I called Don and talked to her, giving both ladies advice based on my leadership wisdom. <laughs> I thought to myself, they'll work it out. A few more months went by and things began to get worse. I made a quick visit to the office to consult with both ladies and provide more advice. They just had to find a way to get along. I was beginning to feel a little uncomfortable, but at the same time, I was in total denial of how bad the situation was getting. Besides, I had too many other issues that I thought were far more important. A few weeks later, Don walked out, leaving Sandy not only to do her job, but Don's job. I called Sandy to reassure her. She immediately began searching for Don's replacement. A few more days went by, and then I got a phone call that I will never forget. It was from one of the other ladies in the office informing me that Sandy had been taken to the hospital. The overwhelming responsibility of the job, along with the most recent events, had caused her to suffer an emotional breakdown. She was not only unable to come to work, but she was unable to function at all. I immediately left town to take care of the office, which was now in total chaos. I had more attention than I could ever want from company executives to angry customers who were not getting returned phone calls and whose employees were not receiving the benefits our company was supposed to provide. Our, larger client, our largest client was a trade association whose members were calling the executive director to complain about lack of service. I was the center of everyone's attention and it was excruciating. There was no place to hide and no time to feel sorry for myself. I spent the next three and a half months repairing the damage and putting the office back together. What seemed like the perfect solution up in the beginning, from my point of view at least, became the perfect storm. Everyone makes mistakes, large and small. To cause irreparable damage, fail to admit it. It's not the number of mistakes you make, it's the number of times you make the same mistake. If you wanna to learn to fail successfully and profit from your mistakes, you need to follow these five principles. Number one, Admit your own mistakes and weaknesses. Why? Because everyone else knows them. Don't try to kid yourself because they see your mistakes. 
They see your weaknesses. Do you think they're going to walk up to you and tell you to your face, hey boss, can I have a minute of your time? I just want to point out to you one of your glaring weaknesses. Believe me, that is not going to happen. What is going to happen, however, is that they'll complain to each other. So when we finally admit a weakness, we're not taking them by surprise. They're not saying, oh my goodness, I had no idea. No, they're thinking, thank you. I wondered when you were going to figure it out. So when you admit your failures and you show others that you're human after all, you're making them feel good. That you know that they already know and what they already know. It's a reassurance. Think about that for a minute. You can't improve as a leader if you're spending your time like I used to, trying to pretend that you're perfect. We put up a strong front and we want to demonstrate total confidence at all times in front of our people. We do everything we can to keep them from seeing our weaknesses, assuming that no one is noticing. But once they know that we know, they don't have to keep pretending. You've just lifted a huge burden from them. The first step towards anticipating mistakes and learning from the ones you do make is to take a realistic look and admit to yourself your weaknesses, even in front of your team. Don't make mistakes of thinking that you're not making mistakes. Number two. Accept mistakes as the price of progress. Nothing is perfect in life. If you want to move forward, you're going to make mistakes. Learn to fail fast, learn from mistakes, and move on. Beating yourself up about it will derail your progress. Unfortunately, not everyone is willing to confront their mistakes and not take them personally. If you want to reach your potential as a leader, expect to fail and make mistakes. You need to accept the fact that failure is an integral part of the process of getting to the top. If you want to learn to fail successfully, handle the mistakes you do make with a maximum profit. Now that's an interesting concept. Have you ever thought of making maximum profit from your failures? I'm a big believer that you can learn far more from your failures than you can from your successes. In fact, John Maxwell wrote a great book on this subject titled, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. I remind her of the story of the young boy who went skiing with his father. He returned from a long run down the slopes with excitement, telling his dad that he hadn't fallen down in the last 30 minutes. His dad shared his happiness, knowing in the back of his mind that if his son continued at that rate, he would never improve his skills. Unless you're willing to push the edge and take the risk, you're not going to ascend to the next level. Number three, insist on learning from your mistakes. There are two responses people have concerning failure. One person hesitates because he feels inferior. The other is busy making mistakes, learning from them and becoming superior. We can either run from mistakes and hurt ourselves or learn from them and help ourselves. People who try to avoid all failure at all costs never learn from them and end up making the same mistakes over and over again. But those who are willing to learn from their failures never have to repeat them again. Make mistakes, learn from them, and become superior. How could you ever learn to ride a bike without making mistakes? The biggest mistake you can make when riding a bike is to look down. So look ahead. As leaders, we need to take our cue from science because in science, mistakes always precede the discovery of truth. Number four, 
Ask yourself and others, what are we missing? It's easy to make decisions based on what we know, but there are always things we don't know. It's easy to choose a direction based on what we see, but what about things we don't see? A good leader must be able to read between the lines and ask the question, what are we missing? Asking this question causes everyone to stop and think. Asking questions causes people to see things from a different vantage point. As a business coach, I help my clients discover a deeper level of self-awareness, enabling them to see difficult challenges from an entirely new perspective. If you fail to ask what is missing, people will assume that everything is perfect and there'll be no problems. While this might feel good, it's not reality. If you practice asking questions over time, people will develop the habit of searching for more, which amounts to a quick evaluation check. There are pessimists and there are optimists, the possibility thinkers. There's a place for people who can see the problem. If you're surrounded by optimists who only see the good and always think positive, you're in trouble. You need a couple of those people who look for problems, or better yet, teach your people to use what's known as black hat thinking. In the international bestseller, Six Thinking Hats, the author introduces different colored hats for group role playing. For instance, when wearing the yellow hat, which represents sunny and positive, everyone in the group must deliberately set out to find all the benefits there are in a certain situation. It's pretty much a fun time in a, in a brainstorming session because everybody's thinking positive, they're being creative, and it's just, everything is just flowing great. But then you switch to the black hat, which represents caution and survival. At this point, the group must determine what to avoid and what is missing and what is not going to work. Negative thinking. Positive thinking in the yellow hat, negative thinking in the black hat. And number five, Give people around you permission to push back. Fear of failure keeps leaders from reaching their potential. When followers are fearful of being honest with leaders about potential problems they see, it can damage the team. This phenomenon is known as expert think, going along with the boss simply because he or she is the boss. Even if there are obvious flaws in the leader's plan of action, people are afraid to speak up because of the potential consequences. The best leaders invite the opinions of the people on their teams. This has to be a given by you because they won't take it. So give them permission to push back, to, to find that black hat thinking and to say, wait a minute, I'm not sure about this or I'm not positive about that. Many good minds working together is always better than one mind working alone. I don't care how brilliant you are. That is a truth. If you lead people, need to give them permission to ask hard questions and push back against your ideas. In other words, to use black hat thinking. I'd like to close this particular nugget by getting personal with you. You have someone in your life, someone who has the right awareness, someone you respect, someone you have empowered with the responsibility to watch you and to look for where you might be making mistakes. It's not easy to find that someone who is willing to do that. But they're out there. The biggest mistake we make is we don't ask for that help. You need to look for people who will accept this role for different areas in your life 
such as business, family, community, etc. Bring them into your inner circle so they can educate you on what mistakes you're making. Again, the five points for making those mistakes. Number one, admit your mistakes and your weaknesses. Everybody else knows them. Number two, accept mistakes as the price of progress. Fail forward. You can learn much more from failure than you can from your, from your successes. Number three, insist on learning from your mistakes. The biggest mistake you can make is to pass them over and not learning anything from them. Number four, ask yourself and others, what are we missing? Because definitely you're always going to be missing something. And number five, give people permission to push back, those people around you. Don't be afraid and don't make them afraid of speaking up. Because once they push back and give you some information, you may find that there's much more in there than you thought was. All right, we're starting to approach our second and last commercial break. When I return, I will be covering nugget number six, which is called keep your focus on the main thing. In other words, keeping the main thing, the main thing. Again, if you would like me to send you the link to your free download for these nuggets, there are seven nuggets in the series. I'm covering three of them today. Just email me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com and type the word nuggets in the subject line. That's all you need to do. I will send the link to you immediately. It's that simple. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is Coaching, a design alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness, waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. If you are in the sales field or maybe don't even know that you are, you need a plan to be successful. Every day we are engaged in business and don't even realize that it all comes down to sales. We all have something to say and need to motivate others to the same way of thinking. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, is the show that gets you thinking and speaking whatever the product or service. Host Bill Bush will give you the tips you need to succeed. 
Listen every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. Once again, I'm introducing my newly released MP3 downloads entitled Nuggets of Leadership. In the first segment, I covered nugget number two, the secret to effective meetings. In the last segment, I covered nugget number seven, leaders make mistakes, make no mistake about it. In this segment, I will introduce nugget number six, keep your focus on the main thing. One of my favorite principles is to keep the main thing, the main thing. This is about focus and it's about prioritize. This may be just the most important nugget of all. What are your priorities? Principles can't change you. You have to change yourself. This is about prioritizing your life, getting into your strength zone, staying where you need to stay, and staying away from all the other stuff that's going to pull you away, distract you, and take you away from your purpose. Too often we find ourselves doing too many things and doing the wrong things. This is a recipe for an ineffective life. So let's talk about the three R's. What gives us the greatest return? What gives us the greatest reward? And what's required of us? The things we have to do, which are usually included in our job description. The requirements are the easiest things. Early on, we figure out what's required of us And we do those things to the best of our ability, just simply to survive. And so we push aside the things that bring the greatest reward because we're too busy just surviving. It takes a little more effort to understand what brings us the greatest reward and therefore the greatest return. And it's probably different for you today than it was 10 years ago or than it will be 10 years from now. But for the purpose of this nugget, we'll focus on the present. To understand this concept better, let's look at the Pareto Principle, also referred to as the 80-20 Principle. The Pareto Principle states that if you line up the top 10 things you need to do, and then you do just the top two things, you'll get an 80% return. Conversely, if you do the bottom eight things, you'll get a 20% return. Being a student of this principle will enhance your leadership and change your life. Let's look at some examples. 80% of the traffic jams occur on 20% of the roads. 80% of classroom participation comes from 20% of the students. 80% of the time, you wear 20% of your clothes. 80% of problems are generated by 20% of the employees. Wow, that can certainly relate to this one. I can't tell you how much time I used to spend managing my problem employees. Instead of pouring myself into those 20% who were my high achievers, they were often ignored because I was too busy taking care of the bottom 20%. This not only impacted my leadership growth for my best people, people rather, it reduced the effectiveness of my overall leadership. 
let's continue. 80% of the sales are generated by 20% of the salespeople. Think about that for just a minute. If you have a team of salespeople, take a close look at your sales figures. They might just surprise you. 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. What does that tell you about which of your clients should get your very best? That's why so many companies have different client service levels. And this last one will rock your boat. 80% of decisions can be made on 20% of the information. Wow. How much time do we spend in analysis paralysis? Evaluating every detail of every decision, sometimes more than once. So if we do the math, this means that the best 20% of your activities are 16 times more productive than the other 80%. Now that's productivity. Let me ask you this. If you analyze your current situation using this concept, can you honestly tell me right now that number one, you're not doing too many things, and number two, the things you are doing are the right things? If your answer to these two questions is not a resounding yes, then you're not as effective as you possibly could be. So how do you go about finding the main thing? Well, you can start by going back to the three R's and asking yourself three questions. What gives me the greatest return? What is the most rewarding? And what is required of me? Now, the guiding principle for all of us is that the main purpose of work is to produce the desired results. If you want to accomplish your goals and be productive, it takes planning, intelligence, purpose, structure, and systems. And just as importantly, you need to keep things simple because striving for simplicity will help you keep your mind on the main thing. Becoming a leader of few things rather than a doer of many things will increase your productivity and your effectiveness. The five keys to making this transition are number one, determine not to know everything. We seem to function under the common perception that leaders have all the answers. This would be nice, but it's simply not true. Successful leaders don't know everything, but they do know people who do. If you're asked a question and you don't have the answer, you should know which individual in your organization or in your business network does. With a text, an email, or a phone call, you can get the answer almost immediately. One of the best things you can do is surround yourself with top-notch people and trust them collectively to know everything, so you don't have to. Help them sift through all the information and grasp the most important details. Remember, only 20% of all information will give you 80% of what you need to make good decisions. For leaders, it's better to know the most important thing than to know everything. As a new entrepreneur, I set out to know everything. Everything I could about business innovation and creativity. During that journey, I studied organizational performance improvement. And then a couple years later, I decided to become an executive coach. So after seven years, I knew a lot about many things, but nobody was buying my consulting services. Why? Because they couldn't figure out exactly what I did. I thought that if I could become an expert in everything that I was interested in, then I could be all things to all people. Everyone could use my services. But I eventually figured out that all I needed to do was to develop a network of people who could complement the areas that I was weak in. Number two, 
determined not to know everything first. It's a natural tendency to want to be in the know, especially when it comes to our organizations. But there is a price you pay when you have to know everything first. No leader likes to be blindsided, but but good leaders cannot afford to be caught up in every little detail of the organization or you'll lose your perspective and compromise your ability to lead effectively. Don't get bogged down by the minutiae. You need to decide that it's okay not to be the first to know everything. Besides, problems are most effectively solved at the lowest level possible. If every problem has to go through the leader, solutions can take forever. The people on the front lines are usually the ones who provide the best solutions because they're most closely associated with the issue. Instill the trust and confidence in your people to sift through the good, the bad, and the ugly and bring you only those issues that you need to hear. And be careful not to shoot the messenger because that will definitely stop the flow of information. Bottom line, get people around you who know it first so you can stay focused on the main thing. Number three, determine to let someone represent you. This is a hard one for those of you who are like me who want to control everything. You don't have to go to every meeting. You don't have to go to every session. Successful leaders have learned to stop always taking action and instead to start enlisting and empowering others to take action. Bring people around you who are skilled and that can represent you. You'd be surprised by the fact that they can go into a two-hour meeting and bring you back one paragraph of the essential essence of that meeting. Think about how effective you can be with all that extra time. Now, I want to caution you here. This requires an even deeper level of trust, and this trust should not be given lightly. You must get to know the people in whom you place this trust, and they must earn it through proven performance. The more you invest in these people, the lower the risk and the higher the potential return. How do you decide if someone can be your representative when the pressure is on and the stakes are high? You must know their heart, you must trust their character, and you must believe in their competence. Once you reach this trust level, you'll be freed up to focus on the main thing. That what really matters. And number four, determine to stay with your strengths and not work on your weaknesses. In nugget number one, which I call discover and play to your strengths, I talked about knowing what you're not good at. Make the decision to stay with your strengths. Together, you'll be amazed at the outcome. Strive to stay with your strengths, performing with excellence and full concentration, and then delegate everything else effectively. If you build a team with strengths that complement your weaknesses, then handing off those tasks are not in your strength zone will not only produce a better outcome, but will allow you to become a better leader. And number five, determine to take charge of what takes your time and your attention. This is huge. The first major step in keeping your mind on the main thing is to take control of your calendar. You can't fulfill your purpose if you're fulfilling everyone else's. The question is not, will my calendar be full, but rather, who fills my calendar? The moment you let other people into your world, you're on their agenda. If you don't take control of your calendar, others will always be in charge of you. Take charge of what takes your time and your attention. If you let other people fill your calendar, it will be full of their priorities and their agendas. 
Be the first to fill your calendar. The person who fills your calendar fills your time. The person who fills your time determines your agenda. The person who determines your agenda will determine where you go and what you do. Now, this just might require you to change the way you choose what you do. This means doing what you should do. In other words, those things that give you the greatest return and the greatest rewards. You can't do everything. So choose to do one thing means that you can't do something else. This means saying no, even to some things you might really want to do. However, if you don't choose the trade-offs you make, someone else will make those choices for you. So let's summarize this lesson. Keeping your mind on the main thing is a game changer. We're all on a mission to be effective, to reach our potential, our masterpiece, our poema, which coincidentally is the name of my company and distributor of the Nuggets of Leadership program. So this law will help you do just that. The goal is to get maximum results with minimum effort. This concludes our introduction to my newly released MP3 downloads entitled Nuggets of Leadership. I've covered three of the seven lessons during this broadcast. If you would like me to send you the link to your free download for all seven nuggets, these three plus four, the four others in the program, simply email me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com and type the word nuggets in the subject line. That's all. I'll be glad to send you these valuable lessons to help you with your leadership journey. Coaching for real is about you. It's about real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. If you are an entrepreneur or business leader and you're interested in being a guest on this show, please let me know. Send me an email and I will be happy to send you an application. I have several openings still left during this quarter of my show and uh, would love to have you as a guest. In addition, I welcome your comments, your suggestions, your questions, anything else that might be on your mind. I even welcome honest criticism and your suggestions. This show is about you. I definitely want to hear from you, the positive and the constructive. And if you are looking for a coach, I'm here for you. Send your email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Tell me what you need. Tell me what you want. I'm here for you. It has been my sincere pleasure to add value to you through Coaching for Real. May the Lord bless you and keep you until we meet again. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Coaching for Real today. Be sure to join Ronald Graves again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again very soon.